0: Hey everyone, I know you're used to hearing Cam's voice in the intro, but I'm taking over on this one just because I am sort of the connector between today's two guests of Energy Captain Season 2 and I knew when I met. Each of these human beings that not only were they so special and game changers and superstars in their own right, but they had to meet. They had to know each other. It's like when, you know, stars are aligning and there's just going to be like world combustion when they meet and like domination and takeover. That's how I feel about uh, these two guests. Today. So obviously we have our co-host Cameron Lynch, who's fresh off a of red eye. So thanks for staying awake for us instead of napping. And then we're super excited to welcome Gator grad Patrick Young.
1: What's going on? Thank you for that awesome introduction. It's awesome to be here.
0: Of course. We're so, so happy to have you. And I'm very lucky that I've you know met you through working on Campus Legends. So before we dive into your story, do you want to tell everyone just a little bit about what Campus Legends is about and what your role is?
1: Yes. Uh, so Campus Legends is an uh, officially licensed collegiate digital collectible company. Um, I know the word NFT Goes around a lot, but anything can become an NFT. But we are specifically only, uh, exclusively involved with collegiate sports for from now and forever. We, C- Campus Legends, will only be focused on doing digital digital collect- collectibles, representing uh, student current student athletes and alumni at their respective schools. Uh, we want to represent every single athlete at a school. Uh, I am the head of business development, and my role is to outreach to the universities to tell them what we're doing and the vision we have for their athletes and how um, we're striving to create this opportunity for every single one one of their athletes to have forever. This world is continually going more digital. Um, We don't know exactly where it can go, but if it can be anything like how Bitcoin was a little bit, uh, people didn't know about it in in the early on stages. And now it's a a huge thing. We're really hopeful that uh, this campus legends and the NFT sphere will blow up as well.
0: Awesome. And I have to brag on you a little bit. We were together last week in person and you had a a business development meeting. And as you were telling a particular school about what Campus Legends offers, you actually made the person cry because you touched her so deeply with the story. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and what it was that brought tears to her eyes?
1: Yeah. So uh, that's one part of the, of the company that uh, makes us so different um, as we want to build our, our brand recognition And uh, just, you know, obviously dominate the market or just, you know, have have it. So uh, we are a household name in in the in the tech in the tech world. Uh, One thing that we're doing that separates us from everybody else is that uh, for current student athletes, we're taking five percent out of our gross revenue that does out of our portion and putting that into what we call the five for all. And it's a five for all fund of five percent of that gross revenue that does not affect what the student athletes in the school will make on their royalties. Uh, this 5% fund will divide up equally the, uh, that fund to every student athlete at that particular school that is on the campus legends marketplace. So if there's a hundred student athletes on, and there's a hundred thousand dollars in that fund by the end of the quarter, that will be divided. doesn't matter what sports you play swimmer or a diver quarterback one, uh, on the bottom of the death chart, if you are represented as a student athlete on our marketplace at your school, you qualify for that 5% for all fund. And then on the, uh, on the philanthropic side for the alumni athletes, we've partnered with the Campus Legends Helping Hands Foundation where we do something similar with that 5% out of gross revenue. But that money is going to uh, help a hurting athlete from that, that school as well. If there's an athlete uh, that's fallen into hard times in life, um, on a nomination internal basis amongst that group of, of people at the school, respect as well as those athletes on the marketplace, we will allocate funds to strive to help athletes that, you know, for whatever reason, it could be financial hardship, it could be need of some type of dependency help, uh, it could be medical bills, it's not limited to what it can be, but it's, it's really awesome that we're taking, um, intentionally taking parts of our revenue and putting those in places that help just with opportunity and helping actually change lives.
0: Well, I love that. My passion is in, at the intersection of sports and making a world a better place. So I love businesses that use their platform to improve lives and change lives and, and want to make the world a better place. And also as someone who played sports for the postgame snacks, I appreciate that I would still qualify for the five for all fund and that you don't have to necessarily be the best on the team, which is usually what happens to create an opportunity. And the awesome part is like someone like Cam who played football at Syracuse, is still eligible to work with Campus Legends because he's an alumni of the school. But Cam, I'm curious, if you were playing right now and had this type of opportunity, how would it have affected your life to be able to make revenue and and be part of this whole NIL world while you were a student athlete?
2: Yeah, I think I would have been businessman Cam a lot sooner, right? Uh, I think as athletes, we have to take on that business mentality early at a young age. I remember my mom and I creating my own uh, my own highlights, you know, sending my highlights to coaches and everything like that. And so we pretty much started a process of a business of branding and um, and advertisement, right, for for myself. And so um, really continuing that. If I knew about this stuff, I would continue that at the high school level into college, into the pros and until now. So um, it, it's really cool that, that it's coming out now. And I'm, I'm glad that I, now that I have my MBA uh, and I know Patrick has jumped into that master's uh, group as well that we'll be able to pour our resources and pour um, just, just ourselves into this space and help the athletes that are coming up.
0: Awesome. And I remember you talking at one point about how during holidays, you know, at school, the cafeteria was closed. And so what would that extra revenue have done for your life? Or what do you think you would have spent it on, you know, for current student athletes? Where are their gaps where they could really use some, some extra spending cash?
2: yeah I think a lot of athletes can relate to this. Uh, I think it was in two thousand eleven I was at Syracuse eleven through fifteen um Our basketball team was jumping, but I know Patrick then was winning some chips too and uh I remember uh, I think it was Shabazz Napier I believe it was he was at UConn. We were in the Big East at the time, and he made a comment about him being super hungry and when this this young man is generating so many viewers right to watch. Big East basketball to watch UConn play and watch him, you know, knock down shots. The fact that he's going hungry is kind of crazy. So we did see a jump in just stipends in regards to when we're we're on campus when nobody's on campus during the Christmas times, right? It's snowing at Syracuse 8 to 12 months out of the year and literally no one's on campus and we're starving. Or Even in the summer times, we're doing drills and we had to get peanut butter jellies and, and fruit snacks because that's the only thing that the budget can cover um. So I do think that we would have been, way, you know, way way better off if we had opportunities like this. So I know Patrick too. Um, I would. We would love to hear some of the stories just from your college days as well, and kind of the things that you went through
1: and how this could have benefited you as well. Well, it it just it just is insane, you know. Uh, speaking of Shabazz, you got you know an all all American point guard for a national championship team that has to, that's. It looks terrible, obviously for the NCAA, but and they're going to respond. But uh, in the sense of just not being able to uh, take care of your daily needs, like it, it, the the program or the or the NCAA went from one extreme to another. Like you can't catch a ride if you need to go to if you need to go to the doctor or uh, you say for instance you got a scooter or a car and your car don't work. And you need to take it to the shop and your your friends your teammates don't have a car. You can't get help in that aspect. If your car needs to get fixed, we already know those mechanics be ripping you off. <laughs> so you know you ain't, you know you're not paying for that. Um for me, my teammate, uh Will you get he uh and, and Casey Prather, you know, they didn't they didn't have enough money to afford to go home. You know, when the when the when the holidays came up and we had that break. So, you know, it it was awesome to be able to share those opportunities for those guys to come with my family and us share the, you know, the holidays together. But, you know, at the end of the day, and, you know, they wanted to be with their family at that time. Um, and the fact that these guys starting on the, at this, you know, premier t- power five school, making the school money, bringing fans in winning games can't have just a few hundred dollars to, you know, get home. It was, it was kind of ridiculous, but, you know, Cam is being like, now we're like business guys. Like, and, and we've always heard, you know, your body is your business as an athlete. If we could have started to learn some of the things that go into business and make, you know, I've made mistakes along the way, but learn those in, in a smaller scale as like in being a student athlete with NIL, it would have prepared us leaps and bounds to where we are now. So I'm, I'm super excited that student athletes can start to like be intentional. And not only is your body a business, but now all of you is, you're all a brand. And now you can make money off of it and learn about business in the future. So it, it's pretty, it's pretty cool.
0: I just hope those guys that you mentioned are a little more on their feet now. Cause those kind of stories break my heart of, you know, people who can't spend the holidays with their family. And, you know, when I was talking about you guys being the exact same human, I forgot that you're also both national broadcasters. I mean, Cam has broadcasted the super bowl twice this past time <laughs> in person on the jumbotron and to the national audience. Um, he's also been a broadcaster for Fox Sports, the Players, Tribune, NFL Network, and he's also currently broadcasting games for ESPN. Patrick, tell everyone also what you're about to do this season yeah. broadcasting wise.
1: Wow, that's big time. I'm just starting up. I'm just I'm just starting out with the SEC Network and I'll be a studio host uh, this upcoming season, which I'm I'm pumped about. Uh, definitely can use any pointers uh, you got for me, Cam. I uh, I'm I'm definitely nervous. Um, but I just love how, what, you know, what they, what they told me when I went for my audition, it's like, don't try to be like anybody else, be yourself, you know, just show your personality. And you then are the also, you. you are <laughs> the first you. are. And once they, you know, they put the battery pack, gave me the battery pack, you know, I was like, yeah, I got this. I got this. But, but still, I know there's things to learn along the way, but I'm super excited about it. And I uh, hope to have that career for a really long time. Yeah, Patrick, the best thing that I can say really is keep it
2: simple. Keep it simple and really take people places where they can never go. And that's the locker room. That's their experiences, right? And that, that just be you. Like, like they said, just be you, um, and, and you'll do just fine, right? And also make it simple. Like I said, make it simple where the people can understand where someone from a different country he doesn't know, knows nothing about basketball. You can make it simple for them. You can take them into the locker room where they've never been before, and I, I think you'll crush it.
1: You just reminded me of the office. (laughs) Tell
2: me like I'm five years old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's how that's exactly how you have to break it down. It's funny because my first the first time I had a chance to broadcast was the Super Bowl in Atlanta where I played my high school football at. Uh, The Rams are playing. That was the team that I was on. And so I was nervous. Right. But a lot of the prep came from reading the beat writer articles that saved my life. Okay. Um, and then also to, of course, watching the film. And then lastly, someone said, take the John Madden approach, make it simple where like little kids can understand folks from different places can understand. Talk to me like I'm fine. That's exactly how you break it down and, and you'll, you'll rock it, bro. Okay.
1: Can't wait.
0: Well, the John Patrick- Madden approach. You'll, you'll be in the studio, so you'll be okay. But I feel like with broadcasting, I mean, so much is thinking on your feet and just staying calm, cool, and collected because I was lucky enough to go with Cam when he broadcast the Super Bowl in Atlanta. And, I mean, the birds had a better seat than he did. They put him. He might as well have been in a blimp. He, you could not have gotten higher. And they're like, and by the way, call this entire game. And also, by the way, it's going to be broadcast in Europe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No lie, there, top of the stadium. It was it was wild, and yeah, Winnie, thank you for that that reminder there. And I, I know that you're in the studio, so it is a different ball game. Same concept though. So yeah, it's it, it's you have some stories. You have some stories to add to your experience, and I, I'm praying praying that they go pretty well.
0: Yeah, I was like, you know, Cam, this is his first national, you know, broadcasting game for the first time. It's a Super Bowl, and they put him in a place where he could not see the game.
1: not see. Do you have like a TV? up in there too. So you had to have a TV, like a closer view. Pat, Pat. It was wild, man. The even the replay screen. So we're in the new
2: Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They have a they built a new replay screen and we're so we're at the very top. We're so high that we're I, we're above the replay screen. So we can't even see any of the replays. Like it it was it was tough. It was bad. And so um it'll it'll help you grow for sure. It helped me grow and it's a part of the journey, so I'm excited and for you what is it what does the schedule look like you know what games are coming up that you're really looking forward to? I know there's probably battles that you've had when during your playing day so yeah, what are you looking forward to this year
1: um honestly, what makes me i look forward to a routine <laughs> that might sound uh i guess boring to some people, but oh we want being that into a routine and a flow where I just have it because I feel as though uh, it, I just know myself, my routine. When I'm in a routine, I'm prepared. I'm taking the steps necessary to make sure I'm doing the job the best. I'm on time. I have a schedule. Uh, there's order and structure. I, I didn't always mean was an order structure guy. But once I got a job, like a real job, a big boy job, I was like, OK, time to like there's no more staying up super late. Not that there's not a time for that, but if I want to be my best, i um, I just love that, you know, me taking that step of creating a really good routine. What I'm gonna put in is what I'm gonna get out. So uh, doing just the day by day, being able to watch basketball, college basketball again for a living and like like what are you doing? Watching the game? Oh, just was I'm work well, I am working at the same time. So um and creating the relationships with with these the college coaches and just being back around the atmosphere. Um, I know a lot of the coaches already that are in the SEC. So um that's, that's pretty cool just to cur- create those relationships with those guys. and Because um, I've only was really exposed to Billy Donovan. It'd be nice to kind of create somewhat of a relationships with the other coaches around the SEC and just to see how – because every coach has a different philosophy of how they do things and personality. So it'd be really cool to kind of uh, just start to form those relationships with those guys.
0: And I'm just curious, what is it like for both of you guys? You talked a lot about routine, which I appreciate, and it's refreshing to hear that honesty. But what is it like going from – someone sort of telling you your whole life when practices, when the games are to now, okay, you get a job and you're into adulthood and on your own, like, what is that transition like? And what kind of advice do you have for other athletes making that transition? Because no one plays forever.
1: You want to go ahead with that one, Cam? Hey, hey, you're the guest, my man. Go ahead and tackle that, brother. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, transparently uh, for me, I know everybody's different. It was tough it it was tough to go from um just having this routine and, and exactly as you said it coaches and and the staff and everyone tell you when to be where to be what to do how to do it and and so forth and you you have a like for me right right now uh my motivation for like continuing to work out at a high level was like what am i doing this for like i can just i just, I want to be healthy but I don't need to kill myself, like because it's been tied around a purpose. Like I wanted to stay healthy and fit because I want to play basketball at the top level. And now it's just like, why do I want to want to do it? But understanding as I've intentionally put uh people that I want to be like that inspire me, like the words they say and, and reading more books and what they do, almost every successful person has a routine. And understanding that you can't fall into anything that you want in life without intentionality. If you you you, you can't, if, I can't just be like, all right, woke up today, I'm going to, I don't know, run a marathon today and I have like, just randomly and, and never worked at it at all. Or whatever it may be, I'm gonna write a book. I'm just gonna magically write a 600 page book today. What? Um, and just understanding that I want to maximize myself in every part of life. like for so long my identity was just shaped around basketball my it was so shaped around like um what i can do in my performance and like i'm if i play good i'm liked and i'm good if i play bad then i'm not liked and it's like i got tired of that and it was like who are you really like i'm sure you can attest to it can when i started getting injuries and i couldn't um work out in the way or do the things in the same way it was like god was like okay so like who are you now like yes Basketball is the thing I gave you, but without it, it was like a foreshadowing for me of when it's going to happen, when I stop playing, what life is going to be like. And do you still do you still believe that you're loved? Do you still believe you have a purpose? Do you still believe that you have that I made you for more than just putting the ball in the hoop? And I was like, Damn, hell yes, of course I believe that. So every day just just taking a step and enjoying the process staying humble continuing to work hard and just enjoying it along the way so no that's that's a big answer but that's that's kind of how how i got to, to to where i am today
2: yeah you mentioned
1: just you know from whitney's question it being
2: around the schedule having someone lay everything out for you and i call that being in disneyland right where you go to disneyland you got things over here over there you got a churro, you got the turkey leg, like, there's so many things that are set up for you that are shiny and new. Once you get out, you're outside of Disneyland, you know what I mean? It's another analogy, it's like, almost like all your friends are in the club with the glass window, and you can only look in the club, but you can't get in the club, right? Unless that you work for the the team again, unless you jump back into the SEC network, right, and be around the game that you love. So I think that's really cool, and just kind of a tip and advice for people who do transition from the game right even for myself working at visa i'm working it's the financial payments industry right but i'm doing the best that i can to jump into the partnership for the nfl and for visa right the nfl brought me there why not jump back and see how i can support that group to still stay in the game to build around the game and also broadcasting the fiu of the men's football game so really figuring out how to be around what you love without actually being in it. Right. You don't have to be in the club to right. enjoy what's going on in the club. So yeah, it, it's a, it's a true process. And my dad told me this, he was like, Cam, he said, get you a schedule, get you the actual schedule, a planner, a whiteboard with the schedule on it. And that's what I did. And you know, what really saved me is Google calendars. Yes. That's where.
1: <laughs> Amen. Yes, I sir. Mean,
2: Come on, just just set your calls up on that. And you look at that every day. See what calls you have. See what you know. Energy Capital's podcast or Pat and Whitney. Like it, it, it sets me up, and that's something that I really, I really went with, and 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 it helped me stay organized. Helped me stay um, in that time frame of similar to kind of how we were in, in football and in sports. So yeah, it, it's a true process. But speaking to people about what they do helps as well, right? Hey, Whitney, how do you do your schedule? Whitney's like, I'd rather do things later on in the day. I'm more productive later on in the day. Okay, well, my Google calendar is going to reflect, you know, what's going on later in the day. So that's that's my best
1: advice there.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Patrick.
1: uh, I was going to, you just made, brought up a point and uh, a thought for me. And now that I've been so much more intentional with my schedule, I'm not, not that I, you know, want to put a boundary up, because I used to just say yes to everything. Yes, yes, I can do it. Yes, I can do it. And I hated not following through. I hate, absolutely hate not being impeccable with my word. Like saying, yes, I will be here for that, and then not doing it. And then with that calendar, it's like, hold on one second, let me let me take a look. What about this time? Can we do it that time? Like it's it's just so much and and then also, um, I love I love Jay Shetty. Uh I love listening to his stuff sometimes. He's like, We haven't, yes, we have an unlimited amount, not unlimited, but Within our day and a lot of amount of time. And yes, I'm sure there's a lot of things we can say yes to. But as far as our energy, you know, be be intentional and almost like kind of selfish with your energy. I want to put more energy in this part of the day, because I'm at my best. Like, so how do you do I'm usually at my best in the morning. Okay, so let's do something in the morning. Let's do something in the afternoon. Or like I like for me with, with the startup now, cause just working so much, I'm like, man, when five o'clock hit. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> y'all got the best of me. I'm about to chill. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you totally need that balance, and you have to be your own bouncer. I mean, Cam and I have worked so much on this because same, same way you both have big hearts. You don't want to let people down and disappoint them. But if you're not your own bouncer, people will take advantage. So I have a whole chapter in my book called energy vampires and how to deal with them and manage them. And we've talked about, you know, and Cam repeats this now, 0% toxicity in your life. Every person you say yes to must be adding to your emotional bank Mm -hmm. account or they get punted away. And I think, Cam, you hit on a very important point because no one wants to be defined by a certain part of their life. And I know both of you have, you know, you had great athletic careers and now you're redefining yourselves as businessmen. And so there's an instinct to kind of get away and say, you know, I'm not the basketball player. I'm not the football player. But what Cam hit on is, well, those opportunities put you in a special category. How could you leverage them for business opportunities? I mean, the person who has, you know, a genius at science and gets really great grades, that may help them get into a college. So everyone is leveraging their strengths. Why not leverage your past experience and what sets you apart in your business opportunities?
2: I like that. And that, that reminds me of, Patrick, the work that you're doing. You mentioned that alumni can get in that tease. I mean, what does this process look like? How do I sign up? How do we get down for the people that are listening to the Energy Capital Podcast? If they want to start an NFT, if they're playing in college or they're former players, my Syracuse folks, how can we get down uh, with what you have going on?
1: Also, it's, it's super simple. Um, so we want to represent every student athlete and alumni athlete. So even if for, for current student athletes that that do get on board, and then you turn into you uh, uh graduate, going to be an alumni, then you then qualify for the alumni uh, part. So what we've come to learn. It's not impossible to do it this way, but this is the best way that's fit. If your school has a group licensing agreement in place, which most schools do, um, it is not facilitating a deal, a deal which is a lot of a lot of universities trying to make sure they navigate law correctly because the wording facilitate. What can that mean? But without a group licensing agreement, an athlete is not going to be able to legally uh, endorse themselves with school logos and marks and brands. So once that's in place, and all, all a student athlete has to do is sign, it's called a GLA, is sign that group licensing agreement. And then they are qualified for being with Campus Legends. We're, we're a partner with uh, the, most of the, the, the GLA group licensing agreement groups. Um, and then once they sign that, uh, we'll, we direct them to the athlete portal on the website. So fill out your information, who you are, your Instagram, your social media handles, uh, you'll put what years you play, what sport, um, upload a few photos. At the end, we have to get licensing and approval from your school for the photos you send us. But once we get those, we're able to just do some, and we get the approval, we're able to make an awesome, a beautiful, uh, one-of-a-kind uh, digital collectible that goes live on the marketplace. Uh, on the marketplace, think of it like this, like there's there's a an algorithm and a randomized factory that's going to have millions of Syracuse collectibles in there for current athletes to alumni athletes. Uh, Cause you know, you'll have like Cam, you'd have like 10,000 of them in there. And then every time uh, they, there's packages that get opened like a baseball card package or a basket, you don't know what you're gonna get. But this algorithm is gonna work in a way that even some of those athletes that through the through the packs, like it's gonna do, do the best it can to make sure everyone is getting that initial, just opening the packs. But then there's also gonna be like uh, specialty items of an athlete that you can buy individually that will just go for an initial price and there's the auctions and all that. Uh, so it, it's just really cool. It's, it's super easy to sign up. It takes, it takes nothing. It's literally a free opportunity. It, that's all you have to do is sign up.
0: Well, what I think is cool too, is Cam and I have d- did a whole podcast episode when the NIL stuff became available to current athletes. And, you know, my heart hurt a little bit that alumni weren't able to be a part of it. Like they missed out on the opportunity and this allows them a chance to, to take part and to create revenue because those laws were then passed. Like it's not too late.
1: Yeah, it's not, it's not too late. And, and that's, it's funny you, you bring that up because originally that was the vision for Campus Legends. It was to help support alumni athletes. And, but because that. Um, in the book, I, I, love, I love referencing that I read, which is Start With Why, Simon Sinek. And because our why was so strong, like it's, it's the golden circle. There's the why, the how, and the what. It's pretty easy to recognize what a company is doing, it, doing and how they're doing it, uh, but it's not always easy to recognize why. And because our why was so powerful um, and the NIL changes happened and shift and circumstances changed, we were able just to take a step back and just pivot. Like, how can we still, we still want to help alumni athletes. We're still going to do that. But the feedback we got back from from the market was within the universities was that obviously they want to focus on their current student athletes because now uh, NIL has become a recruiting tool as well. So it was really easy for us to shift and and, and just create this opportunity that benefits alumni and current student athletes. Yeah. And and
2: Patrick, I want to ask you this too, just as I'm I'm starting to build my first NFT. I know Whitney has her Tom Brady toss. Like she's built her NFT. I'm sure she's done her research around it. So for these young athletes, men and women who are jumping into this space, what are some of the hurdles, maybe the red flags? I know on Twitter, those red flags are like trending right now. What are those red flags when it comes to the NFT space that
1: they should look out for? Well, there's, there's a few things you want to look out for. Um, first thing is, is if, you're, if you're doing a collegiate one, you want to make sure that that company that you might be signing with is an official licensee because if they are not an official licensee, it's like, so you got your Syracuse shirt on. If they, they would, they would blur, maybe blur the, the, the S and blur the Nike check and change the color of the shirt. So it's not the Syracuse orange. It's not the orange. And then they put your collectible up and it loses value. And it's just a, it's just a kind of back way to, 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 for a company to, you still kind of like, you still would know, we would still know that if Syracuse and kind of just like, you know, doing a knockoff collectibles, does, it's kind of shady. Also being wary of signing anything exclusive right now. And reason being, uh, we don't really know where this market is going yet. And no company except we we're one of the only, I think we're the only comp- company with digital collectibles out on the market right now. Um, so to sign something exclusive so early before uh, a company actually has credibility in that sense is kind of something you want to be wary of. Um, and also, um, how how are they how are they put doing their marketplace? Are, is is this company are they putting it on something like Open Seas, which is like a little agnostic? Anybody can make their NFTs and put it on that market, or so much like like what we're doing. We're keeping all of our NFTs. All of our digital collectibles are staying on one platform, just our marketplace. That way, it is so much easier to track revenue and make sure the money is allocated transparently and, and, and properly to the athletes, to the school, to us, to, to wherever, to the fund, wherever it needs to go. Like we, we never touch uh, the money that goes to the athletes. That Through the group rights agreement, they deliver the money uh, by a check or direct deposit or Venmo or whatever. Um, at, at, the, at the right time, so those would be the biggest things I, I would I would look at.
0: And I would add, that I I always Cam and I have talked about this too, but I say never sign anything that says in perpetuity, which means forever. Um, if a company is, or a brand is asking you to sign something that says that, it's basically selling your soul.
1: Yeah, unless unless in perpetuity, they're talking about. something uh, good.
0: Them, <laughs> Something good or positive?
1: Unless something good, which which is, the, the I don't know how the other companies are doing it. Uh, I don't care about what the other uh, NFT companies are doing. We only care about what we're doing. Uh, every single time an athlete's collectible gets traded on the market, whether the primary or the secondary, for, forever, that in perpetuity, they get paid for the rest of their lives. That is a good, you're right about that, because that is something you want to be wary of. Like, here, sign this, uh, what's it called? Uh, Power of attorney in perpetuity.
0: Right. Right. When people tie it to the exclusivity, in perpetuity, you cannot work with another XYZ type of company. And Cam and I were saying so much of a part of this whole world and what you learn in the pros is, you know, after college, since he couldn't do NIL deals at the time, is, you know, to have a lawyer read over agreements and so many college kids now... Are just signing things, and I think the benefit of having someone like you on board is you're advocating for them, and you're you're a voice for the athlete. So you're making sure everything that they're agreeing to is in their best interests.
1: Yeah, I think I think just for in general, and Ken would I think you would agree, just like students, anyone that if you don't know, don't be afraid to ask. If you don't know what something means, the best thing you because it's almost in the sense of like you're you're t- like like you're taking away from somebody all from yourself, being able to, to learn more about the situation or, or whatever, but also an opportunity for someone to teach you, you know, being it's a gift to be able to teach something that, cause no one, everyone had to learn from somebody, something or from a book, but to just go into a meeting or sign something and just, go read through it quickly or just shake your head. Yes. And you don't know what's going on. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Even if it's like, Hey, I hear you guys are saying all these big words. I am lost. Please say it to me. Like I'm a five-year-old, please. What does imperpetuity mean? What does this, what does that mean? And you learn and then you learn, and then you're able to help somebody else because closed mouths don't get fed or closed mouths get taken advantage of when in that sense. Now I'm not saying don't be a good listener, of course be a good listener and ask questions and don't assume you know everything. But, you know, if you don't know, ask a question. Don't, pride is the worst thing to have and I think in anything in life, I mean, you you wanna be confident. I'm not talking about confidence. I'm talking about thinking that you can't learn anything from anybody ever and that you have all the answers. That will not help you elevate yourself in life because no one has all the answers. Yeah, and Pat, I, I agree there. Um, I've been reading this book um,
2: called Fierce Conversations, right? Ooh. And in Fierce Conversations, one of the quotes here says, the quality of our lives is largely determined by the quality of the questions we ask and the quality of our answers. I was like, wow, that's it, right? Because if you ask a great question as into, hey, what is in perpetuity, you get the answer as to hey, I probably shouldn't be signing this unless it's revenue generated in perpetuity. So yeah, it's those questions are really important. And I want to ask a question in regards to campus legends, because I do know the person who started the company, the CEO of the company, is someone who could really benefit it from just oh, man. the <laughs> NFTs and everything like that. So y'all can you all please just describe what what that looks like for the for the listeners out there?
1: Oh, yeah. I- that's hilarious that you even I can't believe it. What's funny is uh, so when I got the job, I signed on. Um, I came. We we were at this person that about to say his name. We were at his uh his foundation, and we were having like our first meetings there. And you know, Greg is just telling me all this stuff. The CEO, the the co-founder, he's telling me all these things about Campus Legends, uh, like it's like drink literally drinking out of a waterfall. And that first day just so much information and then the next day I'm pretty confident and I'm like hey Greg I think I'm ready to give you guys a sample pitch like my first practice and this is after 24 hours like and I gave him a pitch and the first first feedback he gave me he was like that was great but you didn't even mention Tim Tebow <laughs> I was like dang you're right How can I for-? I'm like how could I forget that and it's, it's like, Tim, you know, we, we can speak so much for, for who he is as a character and, and what he's accomplished, but Tim would have obviously killed the game with his NIL. I mean, he's doing fine now, obviously, but the man would have probably have the record for most money made if, if there was a record. Uh, he'd, be, he'd be making more than Bryce Young. He'd be making more than the, gym, this, the gymnast. It's the gymnast for LSU. She is actually the number one paid uh, athlete right now which is pretty
0: crazy. I'm just saying as someone who went to school, the same class as Tim Tebow all the way throughout UF and saw those championships and his character. I mean, he wins in every category of life and truly the way people looked at him, it was Tim Tebow and then God. And so everything he did and said sold tremendously. And we had so many conversations. Everywhere you went, you saw something that represented the I Promise speech, the Tim Tebow statue, the jerseys in the bookstore. I mean, everything he touched turned to gold and you thought we we talked about it so much in that moment. Oh, my goodness. You know, the school is making so much money off of him and you just wish like it's not fair. You just wish he could have gotten this money. And I think I'm proud of the way our industry has evolved that now this many years later, which hasn't been that long, maybe a decade, we're at the point where that became a reality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just just imagine, though, if. You know, you see videos like if you guys ever get a chance, and how crazy it was. Like people were, like idolized. Yes, idolized Tim Tebow for the way he put Like hey. he would walk past fans, and they would break down in tears. Just like Michael, the Michael Jackson effect almost. Michael Jackson effect, Michael Jordan effect. Just like yes, yes, and that's the crazy thing. Like with NFTs, you know, if Tim would, if Tim made one, and it sold for a million dollars. That thing's gonna get traded again and again and again, and he's just chilling. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have to do anything. He'd just be fold his arms. And he, what? What if he got traded every single day? Get he'd be getting that check every day from that in perpetuity. He'd, give, he'd be getting paid in perpetuity. Exactly. Yes.
0: Well, and I admire so much about what Tim has done after college to the broadcasting, the different businesses. And he tried his hand at two different pro sports. How many people can say that? But I will say as someone who went to UF, like the, the people in the Gator nation who watched him play at our school are his most beloved fans. It's not the same impact. And it wasn't the same success rate when he was in the NFL. And so his platform and time to shine was because of his time in college so he's a perfect example of showing that you have to capitalize on those college days because the future is not guaranteed
1: yeah yeah and even you know fortunate for him he his career wasn't sidelined to to injuries um but for the for those athletes that had great careers in college like when you look at um cj spiller for instance, one of the best running back, I mean, uh, Travis Etienne just broke his record for rushing yards, but C.J. Spiller was like my favorite running back coming out of college. He literally just dominated and then he just, just injuries uh, sidelined his career Uh, or even like a, a Bo Jackson or, you know, these guys that had great careers in college and then uh, for some reason, um, just wasn't able to work it out because it's, it's especially playing football. If you're playing a, collision, you know, you playing a collision sport like it's these dudes, y'all be hitting. <laughs> 100% injury. Everybody's like, why you don't play football, bro? You see how the boys be hitting?
0: Cam used to tell me <laughs> that, that ev- about? every game is like getting into a car accident. Yeah. That's yeah. the toll it takes yeah. on your body. I'm curious just to yeah pivot a little bit. I mean, both of you were at the top of your game when you played um, during your different athletic careers. And now, as I told Cam when he got his MBA, you now have the degree that the top people in business have. And the same goes for you. Both got your master's degrees. I don't even have a graduate degree, and I never played a sport and just started out in business. So you guys are really at the top of the top. I'm curious because I see in my business, you know, you hear this misconception that if someone played a sport, that they can transition, they're going to be awesome in business. And sure, they're a great leader on the field and that can translate to business. But I find that actually under the surface, there are a lot of gaps between what you know from being an athlete and what you have to know in business. So what do you think that current athletes need to brush up on or kind of start to teach themselves prior to jumping into the business realm?
1: I'd love to hear your answer on that, Cam. <laughs> Yeah. And so
2: that's a that question is very valuable for the people that are listening, especially college athletes or any athlete in general. And the way that I like to explain it, going from sport to business is like going from one team to the next team. And as you know, Pat, if you go from Florida to in Alabama, right, or a Florida state. Unless, you know, we don't like Florida state around here. Right. But the playbook is going to be different. If someone enters a a transfer portal, the playbook is going to be different. So when you go from sport to business, the terminology, the vernacular, where things, it's all different. And so a lot of times they say that athletes can transition well because the concepts and what you need to bring to the table, your effort, being on time, like all those things stay consistent. But the terminology and the playbook changes. So really understanding the business lingo, the business terminology, and speaking to people like Whitney, or taking classes and getting educated on that terminology.
1: So, Pat, I'll pass it to you on your thoughts. Yeah, on that. I would, I would take you one even further, man. I, I would say that it's almost like transferring and playing a new sport. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost because you know, you, you're, you're for me, like I mean, especially when it comes to getting back to being comfortable with the computer and Excel sheets and. Ima, it's like you're doing a different – yes, like all those things translate discipline, consistency, communication, hard work, diligence, teamwork, all that stuff for sure. But it's like you are now, you know, in like, a, like a baby giraffe out there just trying to figure out how do I get in and get my bearings. You know, you ever seen like a football dude that tried to come out there and play basketball. He just looked – he just fouling too much and can't dribble. It's like <laughs> – that's me Look, it, it like but after time you did you do it more more and more and more I'm not saying like you know we're not talking about a basketball player going to try and become a diver or for gymnastics it's more like a you know yeah like a basketball football maybe like a basketball player trying to play track and field something where it's it's hard but it's not impossible um mm-hmm. is, is more so what I'm trying to get at but um as far as important skills to start brushing up on. So I was listening to Andy for the other day and um, I wasn't, I hadn't really heard about him before. Uh, My girlfriend, she, she loves, she loves listening to his stuff. He used used a lot of of F-bombs, but if you can get past that, there's a lot of great great messages in there. And I went back to one of his first episodes back in like 2015 and it was hilarious because um, he was talking about a Yeti. (laughs) He's like, he's like, have you heard of those things called yetis they hold they keep ice for like two weeks and i'm like yes <laughs> but but uh anyways he was talking about sales in general and how that is not just it wasn't just a conversation about sales it was about elevating yourself in life and to the next level he was like help people if you genuinely take on just helping people results will follow Beautiful. If you can, right now, where you are as a student, because you don't know what connections you'll make, you'll build or uh, who you're helping, who might be your boss one day or business partner. If you literally, genuinely, authentically take on the heart to help people, results will follow, period.
0: Well, and I think both of you hit on that the intangibles transfer over, but the new playbook involves tangibles. And you have to know okay, there are contracts in business. You didn't really have to do those before. And before you do anything, it has to all be laid out and people have to sign on the dotted line and hiring employees or paying them. Just kind of the actual, you know, writing a resume, the the actual physical things that you, launching an LLC. I mean, Cam's gone through the whole gamut and then went to school for it also, but All of those physical things that they don't teach you because it's not relevant to sports, but that you have to have in place to succeed in business, I think those things are super key.
1: Yeah, you're right. When I when I opened my business in Gainesville, (laughs) I I feel you. We feel that. We feel all that.
0: Yes. You summed it up perfectly.
1: Zoning laws, permits. Uh, when it came to the contracting for how who's paying for what, where, who's how well, when it came to renting the, the the location and splitting that up with the owner of the building, and then payroll services and, and budgets and taxes and what's the W nine, what's the ten ninety nine, what what is all this stuff? And I I jumped in, I signed the dotted line before I before I should have. Thank thank God it's worked out um for that for that business I have in Gainesville um but I I I would if I could do it again I would I, in a heartbeat I would have said I would have shaken myself as like bro you don't know what you're doing you're not ready for this you you don't know enough yet you need you need more help you don't have all these answers questions answered you you don't know what you don't even know yet um it's and like
0: you, you jumped right from summer break to march madness instead of doing training camp in the regular season
1: it's like we jumped in almost to like the playoffs right away, and it's like, oh, we running what, huh? He, oh, he can shoot threes. Oh, snap! They're pressing. Oh, what position am I playing? Like, oh, he's my teammate now. It was like, like if you were in a situation like that, and you're just in the game. Uh, but but thank thank God for having good part. And you know what? Another another piece of advice, great piece of advice. Um, I would say be slow. Be as slow as you, opportunities are going to come. Opportunities are going to come. Absolutely. If you're not, and and there is definitely a part of faith where you just take, you take a leap for sure, because you you know, the, on the other side, you don't always know the answers. We don't always know what's going to happen. Like for instance, the pandemic, I didn't know, we didn't know that two weeks or a week before or a week after I signed the contract for the apartment and our loan that the pandemic was going to happen. Didn't know that was going to happen. But one thing I could have done a better job with is really knowing my business partner, really making sure we align on the same things that just because he's a friend or he has a good plan does not mean when blank hits the fan, how do you, how are you guys going to handle conflict together? How are you guys going to communicate? Are you going to, it's almost like if you uh, have a, have a relationship partner and you have these like rules of engagement like, Hey, when we when we have a conflict, we're never going to treat each other this way and say these things. And I'm not saying you have to do that with your business partner, but maybe you have a list of like red flags that show up. Oh snap. I don't like how he's like talking about doing things, but you know, without integrity, or I don't like how, um, whatever he treats the employees or he, he talks down on people or whatever it may be. You have to be, I don't care how awesome the business deal is with is Money is not everything peace of mind and that enjoying what you do and enjoying who you're working with, like that will make a huge difference. Even if the even if you're in a business that might be just barely struggling. If you know that you're in the in the trenches with somebody that you can like you know you can depend on and is like a warrior with you, like goodness gracious, you you're you're bound for success at that point. Because the the heartache and the pain and the 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 anxiety I've, I felt from previous partners, good. It, it ain't worth it. I'm telling you, it ain't worth it.
0: Well, and Cam and I always talk about this um, because shit has hit the fan plenty of times in our dynamic. And I always say there's no one I'd want to go to battle with more than Cam. We have stayed so close because first and foremost is standing up for the other person. He's told business opportunities who haven't treated me well, peace out. Yeah, and right. Yeah. We have left money on the table. We have walked away from bad people. We have gone through things. And because we support the other person first, it's completely worked out and we've been able to flourish. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head that working with someone is the same as dating. You have to partner with people who see the world the same way you do. You have to find a, a, a boss or partner who thinks you hung the moon and vice versa. And so I thought that was just a really beautiful answer um, as we wrap up today, because you gave so much good advice, I feel like you know just this podcast. You had so many gems in there, and are are both going to affect so many people through this episode. But I just want to settle the debate. Final question: What is the better basketball school? Is it UF or is it Syracuse?
1: You know, Syracuse. They they have they have like an average season, and then they'll make it to the tournament, and then they'll make it to the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Find our way in huh? <laughs> that that two three zone because they always got size, they always got size. Um, yeah, I, I lost when I played when I went we played y'all. Uh,
0: you only you won, one, you. one chip
1: though with with Melo. How, how many?
2: So, I'll ask this. Um, and I, of course, I'll leave this answer to you because I play football and I know where UF and Syracuse standard football is. Is nowhere close. You know, you have, y'all take the cake. That's why I
0: didn't ask that question.
2: Yeah, even (laughs) though Syracuse, even though Syracuse's legacy, we have some of the best players to ever touch the football in Jim Brown. So, and Cameron Lynch. And and Cam. So we'll leave that there. But the question was for basketball, Pat. Um, You know, your experience there, you you did lose to Syracuse, but I did see on your social media that you had the Michael Jordan ring, right? So, yeah, what, what was that like for you in those championships? I know you lost a few to Syracuse, but, yeah, which one is the better school,
1: <laughs> basketball uh, school? And I'll, I'll just – I'll answer for my tenure, my four years. Overall, we were a better basketball school. We won we won the SEC regular season three years. We lost to probably, arguably one of the best uh, college basketball teams of all time in Kentucky with Anthony Davis, Terrence Jones, uh, Deron Lamb, Marquise, uh, they, they, man, they had a squad. squad. They had one of the best teams ever. Then we went on to win, you know, three straight elite eights, a final four, uh, one SEC tournament, you know, one of the best seasons winning 32 games in a row my senior year. It was crazy. Um, so it, it, it felt great, man. It, it's, I, I will never forget those four years. That's why I'm like really excited to be attached with campus legends and SEC Cause, like you said, feeling being able to fulfill that passion, it's just in a different way. Hey, I'm sure your body appreciates appreciates you not playing football anymore. My body appreciates me not playing basketball anymore. But mentally, I'm just excited uh, to be able to still lock in on the passion of college sports. So uh, I gotta be neutral. Now, you know, I can't say I can't say on air we anymore I gotta say Florida so that might be a little bit of a transition but it's all right you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be tough on the boys I'm gonna be tough on everybody I'm excited though I can't wait
0: well I think we settle this by saying clearly Syracuse when Cam was there, better football character and you know we, we won't go into the record and then Pat when you played better basketball school at UF I mean I think that's the only compromise that we can come to here
1: sounds like a plan
0: Okay, well, I'm so excited. You guys are best friends. I've waited for this moment my whole life, and whole my whole life. life, and I mean, when you were listing out all the things you're still connected with, I don't know how you omitted the fact that um, now we get to work together. And I'm a Gator. I mean, I, I think that's still obviously the deepest tie that you have, um, and what's keeping you going. Um, but uh, I still know. can't
1: believe you did that entire breakout sheet for us. Oh yeah, I still can't believe it, and I, I can't believe it.
0: For the everyone listening, we did. I I helped Patrick with filling in some information on this whole spreadsheet. The part he left out was that I got an email the next day that said I deleted every single thing in all six hours that you worked on. We were able to revive it, but for a moment there, I think we both both had a scare.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had a huge panic attack for a second. Yeah. I'm like, no, I didn't because I didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And I already did it once. I didn't want to do it yet. But now that you guys have conquered the sports world, you're conquering the broadcasting world and the business world. I mean, the sky is the limit for both of you. So we'll have to keep having you on, Pat, as a guest. If you'll still come on with us to keep us updated. Oh, man, and, and for you guys both to talk about all that you're doing in the business world. So thank you for taking the time, both of you, out of your busy schedules to, to be here today.